Are you ready? Can't win. The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jeff fans Jeff fans are fans. Being very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jeff fans are passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell, joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than Michael LaGaris, everybody! Yeah! Get after it. This is Fantasy Football Show number two. We are once again joined by an amazing guest, the doctor of fantasy football, a good friend of all of ours, Andrew McKeel, everyone. Well, it's good to be back for the second installment. And of course, the man behind the glass, the majestic beast, former Division One tight end. He's getting attacked right now in the booth by bugs. He just smacked himself in the face, everybody. Nicholas Crump. What's up, everybody? I want to just tell everybody, they're going to study... Your intros in broadcasting school one day. The enthusiasm you come with, the, el- the just the eloquence and the variety of words you use every every week when I introduce you, it's varied between three words. Yes. You had time to think of things. Yes. You have all week. This time right. you had three weeks. Right. No, in normal life, eloquent. Right. A lot of words to say. Get intro. Well, welcome hey. everybody here. Hey everyone. That, well, I mean, welcome everybody here for the show. <laughs> you know, let's back out of that, guys. Let's get right into this. Uh, Michael <laughs> in the world. I hope everybody enjoyed our last episode, quarterback episode. <laughs> Fantasy football episode. Uh, we changed it up a little bit on you guys. We got joined by Sonora, which was cool. I know you, you weren't here by that right. point. You were passed out in the booth. Yeah. Sonora was asking for you. You guys are very close. Very yeah. close personal friends. Tremendous episode. A lot of great feedback. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Mike, getting into this week, we're going to talk about wide receivers. Before we do that, and we get into jet wide receivers, not too much jet news to get into right now. Obviously, it's kind of the dead period, which is why we're putting out shows a little slower than normal, kind of going to some fantasy football stuff, guys. Uh, when it comes to the Jets, though, Mike, kind of a death in the family here. Walt Michaels passed away. Why don't you let Jet fans know who don't know that much about Walt Michaels, maybe the people that are in their early 20s, don't know kind of what he accomplished or what he did for the Jets. Why don't you let them know a little bit about it? Yeah, we had a loss to the family. Walt Michaels, the former coach of the New York Jets, died on Wednesday at the age of 89. He was the head coach of the Jets from 1977 to 1982, and he, within six seasons, he finished with a 39-47-1 and one record. Michaels was best known, really, for being the defensive coordinator on the Super Bowl uh, champion Jets back in 1969, and um, as the head coach, he led the Jets twice to the playoffs during his tenure, advancing as far as the AFC Championship game in his final season. Uh, New York lost uh, 14 to nothing to the Miami Dolphins. So, yeah. So, uh, it, you know, it's a sad loss. Look, he lived to 89 years old. If I could live to 89 years old, I'll be very blessed. So, you know, all the best to him and, and his family, and uh, and we mourn him. His loss to the Jets and to us, you know. Absolutely. 89 years. 89 years. That's a run. It's a great run. You had a run. You're someone that's made a mark in, in the NFL and you coached on a Super Bowl winning team. Coached the Jets for six years there. 83, they had a pretty good year. Yep. Went the way that it went, Mike. I was only three years old. Do I remember it? No. But the, the sadness has been passed down to me. Like a lot of the Jets' memories in the past. Uh, but I want to just I want to just tip the hat to him. I want Michael to give him a shout out on this episode. The ABG Fantasy Football Show. Episode 2. 
wide receivers. When it comes to the Jets, and this is what we did last time, guys. We're going to talk about all the wide receivers in the league. But before we do that, let's talk about the Jets and the impact our receivers might have in the fantasy world. The top receiver we have, rankings-wise, Mike, and probably on paper when teams are scheming for the Jets, the guy, the kind of our X-Factor guy is Robbie Anderson. Of all the guys that we have on the team, Mike, he kind of is the only guy that kind of has that game-breaking speed. Yep. I know he can get criticized here and there for running similar routes because he runs, like, you know, most of his routes are, you know, go routes down the field. He doesn't necessarily catch the most balls over the middle. Um, not that that makes too much of a difference, but he's still very effective. But um, right now, Mike, in the world of fantasy football, he's ranked around 27 to 30th in most in most rankings you look at, Robbie. Right. Which I think is decently, I think for Robbie, where he's at in his career, Mike, is his fourth season coming in right now. Um, last year, we know, was kind of... To a degree, there's some positive points to point to, especially with fantasy football. Because last year, Mike, was a little bit of an incomplete, because all year he was hampered by injuries. Mm -hmm. He only actually started and was healthy for about nine games. And the end of the year last year, so the beginning of the year where Sam started off slow, he kind of went to a noon one a lot, Mike. With end of the year, the final four games of the season for the Jets, when Sam was on that roll that we talk about and we reference a lot here, Mike, uh, Robbie had 336 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, and that the last game we didn't do too much, but the Buffalo game, the Houston game, and the Green Bay game, which was weeks 14, 15, and 16 last year, um, he averaged 104 yards and a touchdown in that three-game span. And those are three teams. Buffalo with the best defense in the league. Houston with a tremendous defense and went to the playoffs. Green Bay was still fighting for a playoff spot at that right. point. So, something to at least hang your hat on. That when, when Sam came back and Sam was firing in all cylinders, Robbie showed it in his stats, too, when it came to fantasy football. Absolutely. And if you look at the PFF grade from weeks 14 through 16, Robbie had a 69.2 PPR fantasy points, which was only second in the entire league to DeAndre Hopkins in that time span. He was also the fifth highest graded receiver in the final month of the season with a grade of 83.4. In the last two years, only Tyreek Hill has more air yards than Robbie Anderson. And if Robbie had, if McCown hadn't gotten hurt and Bryce Petty and, and Scrubs came in, he would have easily broke a thousand yards in that in that season. <laughs> Sounds like a boy band. Right? Right. Mike's right though, because I think Mike, I think McCown went down around week. four. 13, was it? Yeah, like, yeah. Something like that. And then so the last three games of the year, three or four games, he, he didn't, it was bad. He had, yeah. that was not, he didn't have a shot. He still, had, he still had about 940 yards. 941, 941 yards and seven tees. And that was with McCown on one of the worst teams in the league. If, if Sam Darnold takes the step that we think he's going to take and we look at the spurts that Robbie was able to execute when he had actually decent quarterback play, he could be one of the breakout candidates coming in this next year. One of the guys that I do have as a breakout, and you could call it a sleeper too, but I guess people kind of do know about Robbie. I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about it. We'll get into it. Is Robbie Anderson? Because I think where he's ranked and what, and if we, if Sam does take the step that we're hoping he takes, Mike, Jet fans are hoping he takes, and if he's the same quarterback this season throughout the whole year that he was that final month, because as the year went on, he had ups and downs. He came back from injury and, you know, came back, killed it that last month. If that's the quarterback he is the whole season, then Robbie Anderson is definitely going to be someone that's not going to be ranked 30, 35th, 27th. He's going to be a top 15-ish uh, receiver if he's, if he's going to play like he did the last month also, which is all the signs for him 
reporting up that last month all the time for Sam reporting up. Um, now you got a new one in the mix if he's healthy, who's, who's never healthy a new one. You got Crowder, who actually in the, on the fantasy boards, we'll get into him in a second. Like, he's actually ranked ahead of a new one. He is, and it, before and before we jump into the the other Jet receivers, you know, like you said, Robbie Anderson is ranked 27th around receiver coming into the 2019 draft. Uh, he's right now strength of schedule has the 24th easiest schedule of wide receivers according to um, Pro Football Focus. Uh, I honestly, Doc, do you think that he's ranked well currently under uh, guys like Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore, and Sammy Watkins, and he's ahead of guys like Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, or do you think he's more in the realm of Julian Edelman, uh, uh, Brandon Cooks, you know, looking at round two, round three, round four-ish, Amari Cooper range? He's more the Landry range. I mean, if you look at his ADP, around 420, he was 32 on average. And then he started creeping up where it like, um, they got 512, he was like the 30th ranked. And then just last month on the 15th, or in June 15th, he was the 26th uh, wide receiver gone. So he's creeping up. And that's right yep. around where you'd get like a Landry type guy. Yep. Um, you know, so I see... I, and that's that's pretty positive. Even the Landry could get you know twelve hundred yards, even with Beckham playing uh, over the top there. So, so so what do you think he's gonna uh, this year? What do you think his final stats are gonna go? How many yards? How many touchdowns? You know, what type of effect do you think he's gonna have here in twenty nineteen? Well, I think it'd be the lead receiver, a picture, and I think I had 70, 70 catches on the, on there. He ran a thousand, maybe nine touchdowns. I just see Bell Crowder, you know, taking a little bit of those touches. Uh, and don't forget Doc. Nice don't forget about Chris Herndon too. You guys know from uh, our dynasty league that. You know, I'm on top of him. That's your boy. And I think he's, yeah, I think he's going to do well. I mean, he, he's a borderline top 10 tight end, I think, for, you know, all intents and purposes. Yeah, if people paid attention uh, to the end. Just, it, it, like, the Jets have a lot of things that end of last year trended upwards. Yeah. Robbie Anderson's one of them. Yep. Sam Darnold, one of them. And another one of them is Chris Herndon, if you pay attention. Mm, I know great. Doc was on top of that last year, but his first three or four games were a little shaky. The rest of the season, he averaged about 50 yards a game-ish. Yep. You got to average around 60. Yeah. You got to average around 60, 65 to get around a G, a thousand yards. Do that for a whole year, 50, 55. That's oh. 800 yard year. That's not bad. <laughs> no, that's great. He went from a high rate of touchdown production per reception, where when the touchdowns went away, he started getting more yards. You know, but, but back to Robbie, I think even that last game of the season, I think it was like three for eight. They had only, only three catches and eight targets, four yards, but Sam had a bad game himself, so, you know, you can kind of excuse that with the, the trend that you saw. I really look for more like basic play calling with like that 60-40 split, where I think you're just going to get more passing attempts in 2019, period, and that's going to lead to more yards. So, you know, okay. the is going to be figuring out about how many yards per catch he's going to average, and then, and then you know, that, that's where I would be at. I, I, oh. I, you know, need to look at that again. So now, Mike, okay. <laughs> when we get into, like we were saying before, which is a little surprising to me, and I guess it shouldn't be surprising just because you can never stay healthy in Nunwa. Our other two receivers that are going to have any fantasy impact. And the fantasy impact they'll have, a Noonwood's probably going to be, say, a standard league, a 10- or 12-man league. 
He's going to be a bench wide receiver for someone, more than likely. Oh, I'm going to say a 16-man league, like our psychopathic dynasty league. Oh, he's someone that actually could be on a roster and be maybe a third wide receiver and contribute. Oh, yeah. Anuma, because when he's healthy, always produces when he's healthy. But the problem with Anuma is, this is now his sixth season he's going into. Um, in his career, he's played one game, 12 games, then he played 16 games his third year. Then zero games, then 11 games last year. So he's not somebody that's able to, be able to stay on the field. The Jets got him and signed him to a decent contract, and it's really tied into incentives that are all related to him being on the field. So that makes sense then, because yeah. per production, he's tremendous. But a guy that also in his career, Crowder, is not somebody, not the biggest name in the world, slot receiver. A mo- one of the more productive slot receivers in the league for a while now. His first three years in the league. Now, last year, obviously, Alex Smith got hurt. Right. And then the passing production in Washington was just completely gone. And now, and Crowder only yeah. played, he didn't play the whole season last year because he was hurt. So last year's kind of a wash for him. He only had about, yeah. three, about 400 yards. First legs. But his first three years in the league. 600 yards, 850 yards, and 790 yards. So he's averaging around 746. That's yeah. exactly around 700, 890 yards for your slot receiver, a guy like him. That's pretty good. That's really that's good. pretty good. You know, yeah, because he's, yeah. he's not well, somebody I, I, that he's not somebody you gave money to that you gave you know money to that you're looking for 1500 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's a slot guy. Get the first downs like Quebec did. Yep. And his his actual um you know per catch average was tremendous. He has good hands. And I, don't, I know he's not going to be elite in fantasy football, but he is somebody that if you're in a deeper league, in a deeper league, if you be somebody they're going to actually utilize in the red zone, which they might do if teams are worried about Bell and they're worried about Hearns and they're worried about Anderson. Um, and Anun, actually, he's a pretty big guy, so you got to worry about him in the red zone too. So who knows? He might be someone that's able to sneak out five, six touchdowns, yeah, oh yeah. get about 750 yards, yep. and maybe in a deeper league, be that third receiver for somebody. Could be. Absolutely. And I can tell you this right now, if you look at Jameson Crowder on fantasy football on pros and uh, Quincy Anunua, both of them have a positive double digit standing as far as where they're ranked and where they're being drafted. Jameis Green Crowder is ranked as the 61st uh, wide receiver and he's being drafted around the 71st and Quincy Anunua at 71 and he's being drafted around 84. So any of these guys are being slept on in drafts. And like you said, knowing Sam, knowing and understanding the Gase offense, a guy I'm not sure really with Quincy. I know Quincy had a lot of chemistry with Sam early and was his blanket and potentially could fill that role again. But Crowder really fills the type of receiver that um, the Gase offenses like to utilize. And Sam could absolutely, he could absolutely lead the New York Jets in receptions. Yeah. That's it goes really well with the quarterback in the system. So, you know, that can be very productive. Yeah, I think like you're saying, if they that kind of yardage and touchdown, I think that should be expected from them. That, that expectation I threw out, like six or seven touchdowns, 750 yards, that's pretty good if that's the guy who's your second or third receiver. That's right. not that bad, you right. know, because if Robbie, theoretically, say in our perfect world here, Robbie Anderson goes out next year, does get over a thousand yards, and a new is productive and gets around 800, 900. If our slot guy, because we're gonna, don't forget, we're gonna have a lot of uh, passing yardage next year. It's gonna go to Le'Veon Bell, right? So yes. we're not gonna have two receivers get a thousand yards. It's not happening. Now I have a quick question for you, for you specifically, Keith. Deontay Burnett. Deontay Burnett. I want to know from you: Is he a sleeper? And 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 the reason why I ask you this is because. He's not even owned in the SCFL. Our crazy league amongst, and of course, he's not even being drafted at all by any normal drafts. But I want to just throw some context behind this. 
He finished with a 90.4 overall grade in Week 17 when he was the only receiver, um, with the with obviously Robbie being completely covered and Sam, who was able to go to him, had opportunities. He, which was the third highest among receivers with a minimum of just five targets in that last game. He also remember him having a f- couple of huge plays against the Chicago Bears when a lot of their uh, offensive weapons were not available. Do you see Deontay Burnett potentially, potentially I'm going to be honest, sleep? I don't. I don't think we've seen enough of him to say yes or no. I don't think in fantasy football he's going to be a sleeper in any way, shape, or form or be someone that makes an impact just because on the Jets roster currently, look how many guys are ahead of him that are going to get looks. And they're going to get targets. I mean, you have, like we said, right. we have Robbie, we have Anunua, we have Crowder, we have Herndon, and we have Le'Veon Bell. And then they also have Ty Montgomery, who's probably, maybe he'll yeah. get 30 or 40 passes. That's pretty much what he does, yeah. right? So I don't know if he'll be able to yeah. make an impact. I think he's someone that, you know, who knows? If there's an injury or two, things could change. I think the guy that has the biggest chance, Mike, of making a, uh, you know, a fantasy impact that on the Jets, who we might not be, most people don't know about, if he makes a team, just because off the college production, Mike, is your boy Greg Dortch. <laughs> and we won't, we won't get into the weeds. Yeah. We, won't get too, we won't get too deep on it right now. But from Wake Forest, ridiculous production, <laughs> five foot seven, one seventy three. Anybody looks it up, look up his highlights, look what he did in college. You'll be like, holy crap! This dude is ridiculous. He, he might, Mike. If we're gonna talk about Deontay Burnett, I think that's somebody that would get a roster spot ahead of Deontay Burnett. I didn't want you saying nothing. People from our league are gonna be listening to this. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I got too deep for them right now. If anyone's listening, they are Googling immediately. Like, what, are they, what is he talking about? They're going to be like, George, who's that? All right, but now, guys, let's get into the rest of the NFL. Um, we're going to go through this real quick. We're going to do everyone's top ten, breakout guy sleepers, maybe some busts. NFL, wide receivers, fantasy football. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. All right, everybody, welcome back to the ABG Podcast. Going through fantasy football wide receivers here. No one's 1 through 10 has been on point as much as Michael Legarrett. Yep. Michael, I want to hear it. I want to know your top 10. Fantasy football 2019. Let's go. So starting off 2019, I think we're all going to agree. The number one wide receiver off the board ranked is DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins has consistency. He has explosiveness. He's able to beat any cornerback really in the game today. And he is able to dominate the game unlike really any other receiver currently. My number two, there is definitely going to be some pushback here. I think it's Odell Beckham Jr. Now, did Odell Beckham Jr. did number two best receiver numbers last year? No, he didn't. But now he's on a team with a guy who just broke the rookie record for touchdowns. He's on a team with multiple weapons. He's on one of the most potent offenses in the league. And I've seen what Odo Beckham Jr. has been able to do back in his rookie year and his second year. And right now, if I were drafting, that would be the second receiver I'm taking right off the board. My number three is Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's ready to take a leap there to be the number one wide receiver. I actually thought that he was better than Antonio Brown last year, but just didn't have the ability or the options or opportunities to actually be the number one with that loud mouth on the team. Julio Jones comes in at number four. Obviously, this guy is one of the greatest receivers in the league and will go down the Hall of Fame. Mike Evans comes in at number five. Jameis Winston, that tire offense is going to be sick. Devontae Adams, a lot of people are really high on him. He had one year that was elite. No other year 
that he had at that type of explosiveness. So to me, a lot of people believe in Devontae Adams because of his quarterback, because of the system he plays in. Understood, it's a brand new coach, and we're not sure exactly if Devontae Adams is as great as everybody believes he is. So I've got him at number six, Keenan Allen at number seven, Michael Thomas at number eight, T.Y. Hilton, and that Colts offense I've got coming in at number nine, and Adam Thielen, number 10. Adam Thielen, to me, is just an amazing story. This guy was, wasn't he like a walk-on, Keith, on Minnesota? And and he, I love his story. He didn't get drafted when like almost a Kurt Warner round. He had to yeah. go for like his own personal tryouts with teams and things like that with the Vikings, and he's from Minnesota. So I mean, his story is tremendous. Yep. He's somebody that's perennially underrated. And I can't disagree with too much of your list, Mike. Besides, you have Tom- Michael Thomas ranked pretty low, and I'll tell you why is because um, going through my top ten, and uh, no, obviously like like Mike said, DeAndre Hopkins is tremendous, and every year is. Doesn't drop a ball. Right. Right? And uh, now he has Watson as his quarterback, and he's had it for the last couple of years. So he's someone I think we can count on in fantasy to be good every single year. But I actually think uh, my number one receiver actually is Michael Thomas um, of all the receivers. I don't think I don't think there's a lot of guys with receivers you can mix and match here because yep. um, so many guys do have gaudy stats. that I, I think our list will be a lot different than all these guys. But I think Michael Thomas, he had a, almost he had 150 targets wow. last year. I don't see it going down this year. No. In his prime, young, big guy. I mean, I think he's I think he's either the best or one of the best wide receivers in the entire NFL. Number two, I have DeAndre Hopkins. For all the reasons Mike said, we all know how good he is. Consistent every single year. Number three, I do have Devontae Adams because I think last year, yeah. if you look, he always gets the touchdowns. Yeah. Devontae yeah. Adams. It was yardage with him because with Green Bay, they hadn't, and, and I'm not saying things have changed too much this year because they, they really haven't, since he's ascended, had a guy who's the other receiver who's right. elite or the other option that's elite. But last year, even with Rodgers, Rodgers only had about 25, 26 touchdowns last year. Um, he still had a tremendous year last year, and he had you know touchdowns with Adams is his main thing. He's had 12, 10, 13 touchdowns the last three years. And, you know, Mike, he was just under um, just under 1,000 yards 2016. I know 2017 didn't get there. Last year, almost 1,400 yards. So I can see what Mike's saying with him. Maybe be someone that only had the one year. But when it comes to the touchdowns, right. which in fantasy football doesn't mean a lot, he's someone that always produces. Um, number four, I have Antonio Brown. Now, Mike, where did you have Antonio Brown on your list? I don't have him on my list. What? What the f- That's what I thought. Now, when we get into Antonio Brown, the last six years in the world of fantasy football, not just talking about NFL, fantasy football, he has the most catches, the most yards, the most touchdowns. And, you know, he's dominated to a degree consistently. I know, he was, but he was on the Steelers then, right. not the Raiders. This is a different team, different quarterback, different coach, different off- different system, different offensive line, the whole night. I understand that, but you don't even think he's in the top ten, no, right? I don't. Because I don't, because, and the issue is, is that the new team that he's on, the quarterback that he's with, the coach that he's with, and he's going to be, he's going to be low the way he is. You know, he's a, a prima donna, calling for the ball at all times, and when it goes south, as it usually does with Oakland, his numbers are going to are going to fail. And I'm not saying he's a scrub, but I just don't think he's going to be an elite top ten receiver. There's a chance. There's a chance next year. And this is likely true. He's going to have the most targets of any receiver in the league. Potentially. Potentially. So, and you think, and he's somebody that, just like DeAndre Hopkins, Brown almost has a 100% catch rate with any catchable ball. So, if he has the most targets, and I'm not, Mike, the Raiders might fail. And Brown might blow up right in their face. But with fantasy football statistics, I think he's at least going to be in the top 10 if he's going to be the most targeted guy. So, that, that's why me and you can disagree on that. You don't have him in the top 10. You might even have him as a bust. We'll get to that in a moment. But I have Brown coming at four. Number five, Julio Jones. We all know why, guys. Every year, Julio Jones, actually, just everybody knows, touchdowns doesn't produce the most touchdowns, 
but averages the most yards per game of any receiver in the history of NFL, but just doesn't get the touchdowns. So if a guy that gets lesser yardage but scores TDs, actually in fantasy, like, a, like an Antonio Brown, is probably more valuable to have. But Julio, we know, consistent every year, ridiculous yardage. Number six, I got Juju Smith. Number seven, Keenan Allen. Oh, he's Allen. there. I don't, know if, I don't know if he was on Mike's list there, but Keenan Allen, consistent every year, tremendous receiver every year out there with Phillip Rivers. Number eight, I have ODB. And the reason I don't have him as high as Mike Adam is because I think out there with Cleveland, um, they have Landry and they have ODB yep. and they have to, you know they have Chubb to run the ball. Joku, the tight end. You know they have Joku, and then week yep. eight or nine they're going to get back Hunt. ODB is one of those divas too that's going to demand the ball. So if it goes like Mike said and he does get a tremendous amount of targets and it's not siphoned off to other guys, then. Maybe ODB is top two or five, and Mike's right. But I don't think it's going to go that way. Um, number nine, guys, I have Mike Evans. Mike Evans every year, tremendous. I think James Wentz is going to be really good. And number ten, and this is someone that we're going to get into in a moment, one of my other categories I'm going to talk about, the guy is Amari Cooper, who, when he got traded to the Cowboys last year, and even before that, you saw glimpses of him dominating yeah. games, yeah. right? He'd have he'd have games, he'd just be here for two or three weeks, and then he'd have a game where he'd have 180 yards and two touchdowns. And he just dumped because he can physically dominate games. So he's somebody that, when he was on the Cowboys, project all those stats over 16, uh, or, you know, a 17-game week. And Doctor probably knows all the stats oh, on top yeah. of his head with Amari. Um, he, that's like, his stats that just with the Cowboys last year, that's a whole season. He's a top five wide receiver. Yeah. That's ridiculous stats. That's, that's 13, 400 yards. That's, that's oh, double-digit touchdown. So he's somebody that I think could be a lot higher than 10. He yes. just, we have to see the consistency from him. That's why I don't have Amari higher and got him coming in at number 10. All ah, right, and I did have uh, Keenan Allen at seven, just like you did. Wookie, what, your your top 10, do you? There's there's a lot of stuff that I, that I agree with. Um, I'm not going to go on because a lot of the points for these guys that I have were made by you two, and they were great. Uh, Hopkins, one, obviously, young, catches everything that's thrown at him. Thomas, I have him at two. He's, he's for obvious reasons. Nice. Adams, I feel like he's going to have a big year. Mike, I understand where you're coming from, and I know that he hasn't really done it for many, many years, but I think he's on he's on that track. Uh, Juju at four. Uh, Evans at five. I think he's going to have a big year for whatever reason this year. I, for some reason, I just think he's going to bounce back and have a dominant year down there. Jones, uh, Julio at, at six. I got Amari at seven. I think he's going to have a really good year with Dak, second year in. Antonio at eight, just because it's a different team, and if Gruden screws it up again, that could you know destroy any player. But I got Allen, Keenan Allen at nine, and a surprise on the list. I don't think anybody's mentioned him. We've got Brandon Cooks coming in at number ten. Get out of here, wow. Brandon Cooks. Coming in at number ten. I don't know about big that. Big year, rookie. big year. Guys consistent all the time. I mean, we can creep in there this year. I mean, one thing, one red flag right away on your list is Brandon Cooks because he's been a bit of a disappointment <laughs> to me with the Rams and Robert Woods, and they have Cup. They got a lot of players, so they have a lot of guys. That, and you might, you might be, you might be right, but I, we'll see what happens with him because he's somebody that just like Watkins to me. I see where his ranking is. I never know why he's ranked as high as he is. To me, in my mind, you know. Let's get into the doctor, doctor. What do you got going on with your top ten, Doc? Do you agree with the Wookiees? Me, Lagaris, is yours a little different, similar? What do you got? Similar, and as the anchor, I figure what I'll try to do is throw in a little tidbit about the guys that we've already heard about, so it's a little different, but uh, I got Hopkins going number one. Uh, you know, if you think back to a few years ago, even with Tom Savage and T.J. Yates as the quarterback, he was still a WR1. So, I mean, the guy, he's just, no matter what happens. That's so true. Just, That's a good point. He has, he's had, he's had garbage quarterbacks sometimes. And still puts up stats. And still, still the number one. So, I'm going with Adams, number two. Uh, he tied Hopkins in fantasy points last year. 
Uh, he just consumes 30% of like Aaron Rodgers' production. And last year, you got to remember, the Rodgers, I think, only threw what, like some 25 touchdowns or something low like that. So, you know, what, once once that production goes up, his is always going to go up. Michael Thomas at number three. Reason Thomas, um, I think the last three years, they're like the most efficient QB and quarterback, uh, or QB and wide receiver in, uh, since they started tracking this in 1992 for football folks. Wow, like a 77% catch rate. So right there, you know, and Breeze is not a bad quarterback at all. And the theme I got going here is Julio Jones at four. All of these QBs are like 4,000 plus yard throwers, right? Right. So Julio, 1,400 yards last five straight seasons. So that's the record. Uh, I don't see any reason why that he's going to slow down. Then you got, I got Beckham at five. He's a talent, whatever. If you're a Giants fan, you know, you're probably happy to see him gone. I am. I don't want to deal with him. But as everyone said, there's, an offense that's going to be spread around there. They just have too many players that are going to consume yards uh, from the tight end, right, right through all the wide receivers. I mean, they've got three solid wide receivers. Um, you know, tight end, running back. Everyone's going to see some action there. Juju at six. And really, he could go at five. I mean, it's, it's neck and neck at this point. Um, but he should see production... Roethlisberger always throws 4,500 yards. He's in WR1 there. Uh, Antonio Brown at seven. You know, really, I think it's a volume play here with talent. So it's not just I'm throwing the ball to somebody, you know, throwing the ball to like a top wide receiver. So he's going to be, he's going to be productive. I got AJ Green at eight. Um, every year, uh, when he plays, uh, full season, he's a top 10. Uh, I think last year he was the WR4 before his foot injury. Um, no, he was like the sixth-ranked wide receiver before he injured his foot last season. So he's, he's up there. I think he'll be healthy. Evans at nine. Uh, Winston, you know, just slings it to him, so he's going to catch the ball. Arians as the coach. Uh, I think you're going to look at, like, Fitzgerald-type level of production out of Evans now. And Larry Fitzgerald was always... Uh, a top 10 wide receiver and at 10 rounded it out I got Amari Cooper uh, after joining Dallas he was the uh, fourth ranked wide receiver overall um, the last half of that season so I'm gonna so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you. We've got Amari Cooper there, and I know we're gonna get into our busts, but I do think Amari Cooper is going to be a bust. We'll get into that context later. But let me think. I think my sleepers coming up this next year that my first sleeper is going to outdo in total Amari Cooper next year in 2019, and that sleeper is Dante Pettis from the San Francisco 49ers. Let me give you let me give you some stats around that. He got hurt in week four and then came back in week 12 and when he came back in week 12 over the next six games he caught 24 uh catches for 371 yards for four touchdowns over a 16 game span that would come out to 64 catches for about a thousand yards and 11 touchdowns right now out of camp jimmy garoppolo has been 
saying and raving that this kid looks fantastic. He says that, what does he say, quote-unquote, his body has matured. That was right from Jimmy Garoppolo. As a sleeper candidate, I think Dante Pettis is one of those kids that is on, I'm not saying it's on nobody's radar, but he can, you know, a guy like you said, Amari Cooper, that everybody is looking at and saying, yeah, this guy is going to be great because he was on, you know, did so good on the Cowboys. Uh, a guy like Pettis, I think, may outdo him in 2019. All right. I mean, Dante Pettis, and the last year, uh, when, when it wasn't Jimmy G, who was slinging the ball to Nick him? Mullins. Uh, Mullins. 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 Yeah, Mullins, yeah. right? So now, now yeah. you got Jimmy G in there. You're going to expect, I guess on paper at least, that Jimmy G is better than Mullins. But what Mike Mike got to this with Bennett when Bennett mentioned Jimmy G in our quarterback show. Right. Who knows what the hell Jimmy G is going to do? <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's, that's the question that's Mark true. I think about with Pettis is, you know, is, is he going to have a quarter uh, QB that's super efficient that will get him the ball all the time? But he's someone that's a, good, a decent sleeper guy. Well, yep. You know who I have as a sleeper guy? So I'll throw you one out there. Oh. Um, and it's someone that last year kind of, it's kind of a similar situation to Adams, uh, what, what Mike uh, alluded to a moment ago. Um, it's Robert Woods from the Rams. Right. Somebody that was kind of stuck out there with Buffalo forever, right? And everyone would always say was a really good receiver, and they had just, they did not throw the ball. You know, they'd have, they'd have um, Tyrod Taylor out there who wouldn't throw the ball. He'd throw the ball for 2,000, 2,500 yards, 3,000 right. yards a year. Um, wouldn't really pass the ball too much. They ran the ball. They had really just absolute trash bag offenses. And he was stuck out there. He went to the Rams his first year at about 750 yards. And last year really just shot up. Yeah. You know, because the Rams offense was really like a, a well-oiled machine last season. He had 1,200 yards. Um, I, I just think last last year you really saw what he could do. He had six touchdowns. Cup was out, and they really relied on him. He was consistent all the time. Right. You know, the whole, the whole entire season, great. He almost had 86 catches. He's someone, I think, going into this year. Now, they have a lot of options. So he's someone that no one really talks about. They talk about well, – they talk Cook, and they talk about Gurley. They talk about um, the quarterback. They talk about the draft pick, Henderson. Right. Um, a lot of guys get talked about. And you don't look. You're like, wow, look at Woods. Look at his stats. Look, yeah. look how consistent he was in this he's offense. Solid. So to me, he's a guy in fantasy world for a lot of teams can be your number two wide receiver. Yeah. And isn't really ranked that high when you look at the rankings. Yeah, he's, he's, a mid, he's like a that forgotten guy. He's like the Melvin Gordon of uh, you know wide receiver. Yeah, he's just if he's not talked about, and then you look at the production he's put out there. Yeah, and it's been pretty good. And he's when it comes to, I don't know. Guys, I don't know if you can list Calvin Ridley as a sleeper because he, you know, he was a really high draft pick, ten touchdowns last year. But you don't hear him talking about too much in fantasy. Yeah. Dynasty, you do. Yeah. In fantasy, not so much. I think he's going to have a really good year. Another sleeper for me, guys, is is Robbie Anderson on the Jets. I mean, oh, we yeah. can talk about him before we brought the stats. I won't go through all the stats again. But if you look at Sam Darnold at the end of last season, his last four games, we won't we won't go into like I said. But the last four games, Robbie's last four games, how he played when Sam was on a roll. Bring that into this season with more options, a little bit better offensive line, not too much better, but maybe we were the worst in the league last year. And you're not, now yeah. we're a little bit above the worst, so a little bit better, right. but now we have Le'Veon Bell. Yep. Now we have Herndon coming into a second year. <laughs> now we have Montgomery. Now we have Crowder. Add all those pieces into the mix where they didn't have any of those last season. Right. They didn't have Herndon last season, but when it comes to the Jets this year, I think he's somebody that's going to be able to do a lot better because you have to worry about other guys. So he, yeah. might, he might be able to sleeper too this year. Yep. Sleepers, I, I, I have Pettis. If Jimmy G is... Uh, anything like the beginning of Jimmy G that we saw, then I think Pettis has a shot to be pretty good out there. Uh, as far as a breakout, I don't even know if you can call it a breakout. It's probably more of like a comeback player of the year. I think it's going to be Cooper Cup because of that offense. Every, I mean, I forgot about him because he got hurt so early last year. Yeah. It's crazy. Was, we all got Rams. We have LA Rams ranked in all these different places, all of us. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, know? I, you, can't, you can't not. And then as a bust, I, I, Sammy Watkins, just because... He's never lived, really lived, I mean, maybe a couple years here and there, never really lived up to the hype yeah. his name coming out. 
and he's got he's got a great opportunity this year. I mean, Mahomes and the offense there, yeah. but some. I mean, he was there last year too, and I get Hill Hill isn't there this year. Well, but. let's get let's get back to the bus in a sec, Doc. Do you have anybody you have listed down for this year? You think going to be a sleeper sell for fantasy football wide receiver wise? Yeah, you know, I I originally had Allison from Green Bay, but I just recently saw that uh, they're going to make that uh, Val that Scantling guy the number two out there. So I would, I would He's got a shot. him up. Yeah, because he was like really, really ranked low. I like Traquan Smith a little bit. I, I really like Albert Wilson, you know, if we're like really digging deep, you know, guys that would be normally free agents in your league, that kind of thing where you're like, oh crap, I can actually start this guy. Right. You know, like, like I think Albert Wilson could do that. Callaway. I would. I even like Kiki Coat. I can't even say his last name. Kiki Coat. Uh, like Kiki. Yeah, yeah. He he was ranked that. Well, when he, Fuller, Hopkins, and Kiki played together in games, the target thirty to Kiki in nineteen to Fuller. You just kind of think about what kind of production you can get out of those thirty targets if Hopkins is getting thirty nine. You know, you're going to do pretty, pretty good for yourself. Yeah, you know, be, and, and the part, you know, like, and part of that, part, and, and part of that, Doc, is is you're looking at teams with high powered offenses. So you know, look at a guy like Kuti. He absolutely could be somebody that's a sleeper. Uh, to round this out real quick, uh, Dante Moncrief. I think it's going to be a sleeper from everything we're hearing in camp. He's the number two receiver over there in Pittsburgh and is really making having rapport with um, over there with Big Ben Moncrief, you know, uh, played with the Jacksonville Jaguars, with Blake Bortles, so he's kind of been off the radar. So that's another guy. But a deep, deep, deep sleeper is a guy named Robert Foster from the Buffalo Bills who came out of nowhere, practice squad cat, at the end of the year, was just lighting it up with Josh Allen. I don't like the quarterback, Josh Allen, but he's a guy uh, uh, just keep your eye on, potentially. Breakout candidates, Robbie Anderson, as we discussed before. But my biggest breakout, and when I say breakout, I mean a guy who I think could be in the top ten, maybe top five, is uh, Chris Godwin from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What? What? Oh, get up five? Could be. Did you just say that on we just, you said that on recorded air just now? Absolutely. So he's so he's gonna be above Mike Evans. I am so confused. So it happen? could Mike he could be he could be up there with Mike Evans. I mean if you look at it look at all the targets that are gone now. They lost Jackson, they lost uh, um uh the tight end Cameron Braid, they lost uh Humphreys. All those targets are gonna be going to Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is actually targeting. So you more so you just said so Evans three was. different positions on the team's targets are going to go to one guy. And those same positions are filled in by other guys. Those guys get no targets. That's your math. Now think about that for one minute. That does not make sense. I mean, I mean, you don't have to take my, you don't have to take my word. You can go look on Fantasy Pros. You can go on ESPN. You can look. Just God no, well, Mike, Mike, breakout candidate. Fine, no, no, no. It's not just me. As, as a breakout candidate, that's fitting. But to go to the level of hyperbole where you say you can get top five receiver in the league, why do we have to go there? Why can't we just live in reality? Just saying that there's potentials there. Potentials there. It is. High-powered offense. He's the second Wait, the option. They, you don't think they're... Oh, oh. No, they threw for a ton of yards last year. I can't say they're not. They threw for a ton of yards last year. But when we don't talk about the box, it's like Chris Godwin top. But I hear you. I, I hear what he's saying. He's saying like top five. Top five is a stretch. But I'm, but if he does pick up a lot of those opportunities, I thought I think that's a, as a breakout counting, that's a tremendous guy. I'm not criticizing that in any way, shape, form. Just when you put him on that high, I threw me for a loop there. When it comes to when it comes to breakout guys for me, guys, someone like Mike said who 
where they're ranked, I think they could supersede that to a high degree, is as long as Matthew Stafford plays the whole year and is slightly confident, Kelly Galladay on the Lions. Because oh, wow. if you watch okay. the Lions yeah. play, like you, even if you just, Mike, if you just watch the Jets the first game we played on last year, yeah. he, he destroyed us. And he had some up and down yeah. games last year, but it really had a lot to do with Matthew Stafford. Because, I mean, that dude last year, comparatively speaking to the year before, I mean, took such a big step to me. Kenny Galladay with the stats, targets was around 120, over a thousand yards last year, yep. and he's a six foot four, 220 yard, 220 pounds. Coming into his third season here, we know he's the number one, and he's ranked guys. Where's he? He's usually ranked around 17, 20 ish range around there. Uh, maybe in dynasty league, slightly higher. But I think Galladay is someone that could really. Uh, I'm not being crazy. I think he could be, you know, between 5 and 10 if things fall right because he has that level of talent. Almost like a Brandon Marshall. Yeah. But a little faster, a little bit more dynamic with the ball in his hands. Yep. Yep. No, he's, he's definitely he's definitely a beast when he's in rhythm and Stafford's playing well. That's, I mean, it's a scary combination. You got any breakouts for us, Doc? What do you think's in the beat, Doc? Yeah, I don't want to say, like, DJ Moore or something like that. I'm trying to trying to get him in the trade now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you look last year, Gallaudet, he averaged around 70 yards a game. And that's what Stafford kind of having an off season. You know, he, Stafford, if we be honest, he didn't really play that great last year. Um, he averaged about 15 yards yeah, he, a catch. He's a beast, yeah, and Galladay is just—I think he's a beast. I think he's someone that has potential to be one of those guys next year when we're coming into this discussion. We're like, oh, that's one of those top ten guys. Yep. You know, yeah, Doc, you got yeah. breakouts for us? I mean, I could see like a Sutton or a Hamilton or somebody like that, but I, I really—you know—my right. breakouts and sleepers are mostly the same. So that's cool. Looking at your top ten list, looking at your top ten list, you had Amari Cooper there at ten. Now, I was a little bit perplexed with how high you had him ranked. Now, you had, now last year, he went to the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone was like, oh, wow, he did really good. But actually, actually, he only did good in two games. Week 12, he had uh, 38 PPR points. And week 14, he had 49 PPR points. Now, over the nine games that he was on the Cowboys, he scored 158 PPR points. So that means 55% of the points that he scored came in those two games. And in four of those games, when he was on the Cowboys, he failed to reach nine fantasy points. Do you know that's the same percentage of of not reaching double-digit fantasy points as when he played on the Raiders that year? And Amari Cooper is the definition of a boom or bust player. And I think, value-wise, a lot of people are going to be reaching for him because the construct of what the uh, uh, of what everybody believes about him on America's team, I think that his value is going to be all out the roof, and I don't think he's going to be that good. I have him as my first bus candidate. What say you, Doc? Well, I, I just I, I'm a believer in. You know, the, the quarterback and their production tied to the wide receiver, right? right? So as soon as he arrived, you know, Dak Prescott's uh, production, I think he went up about 65 yards a game. Uh, his, his, he added about 8, 8% to his uh, completion rate. So he just became more productive, and that, that was sustainable. So although, although, yeah, Cooper is a boomer bust, and I would say that is probably like the single knock you could put on him. But when he is out there playing, and I think I think in this offense, they definitely want to feature him. I, I don't see Michael Gallup uh, coming in there stealing. Even if he only gets a third or 20% 
uh, 25% of uh, 4,000 yards, he's still doing pretty well. So I get okay. 10 touchdowns, 1,000 yards. You know, that puts him right, right there on that cusp. Uh, because the difference between, let's say, 10 and 12 uh, is, you know, not really that great. So I don't, I don't see how he's really going to fall off to where his production is going to be like. I don't know. You're describing like 750 yards at five TDs. You know, I just <laughs> hey, don't hey, see that. Well, look, uh, as because, a fantasy, as a fantasy guy, even, that... even like you said, he can get that. He can get that in four games. You know what I mean? So even if he's right. garbage in the other other twelve, he's still going to blow that projection out of the water. True, so but I, you know, I, I know I don't want a player. <laughs> I don't want a player like that on my team. I want consistency. But now to Keith real quick, my other bust is going to be Antonio. Well, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. And sometimes it's predictable. When I had him last year, I, I actually was able to play him in all the games where he scored. And I, I benched him, which was a tough decision. I was able to bench him and put somebody else in to, uh, to keep those points going. But, you know, he was in there every time he was a boom. So uh, I've just hey, kind of figured out what he was going to be a bust. So, you yeah, know, if you don't play it, it, it could be very productive for you. Well, hey, you're the doc. Right, a lot great. of people aren't the doc, and they may not be able to get him in there when he's going to boom or bust. You know what I mean? So that's 40 up, points. Man. You know, that got me in. What a playoff game for me as well. So, so Mike, you're saying that Antonio Brown's going to be a bust. I mean, I don't. So, so, so my, so my context around that is, he's going to be playing with Derek Carr, who's a significant downgrade to Ben Roethlisberger. He'll be playing with a head coach who hasn't kept up with any of the offenses in the NFL. Okay, he's still playing back from 2001 when he went to the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. He's just turned 31 years old. The bet that the volume of targets will make up for the drop in efficiency. As the seventh ranked receiver, or the, the how, whatever you had him ranked, he's, he's going to need about 250, 260 fantasy points. That's really tough, given the fact that the downgrade at quarterback, the head coach who doesn't run offenses that predicate uh, powerful receivers, and a weakness in in the overall roster. He's really the main talent that's there, and I just do not see Antonio Brown, even with the targets. Being a top ten fantasy receiver. Okay, now one of the, one of the things you're getting into is the team itself, which makes sense because the Raiders don't have as good of an offensive line right. as the Steelers do. But Antonio Brown isn't a running back, so it doesn't affect them as much when it comes to that. And when it comes to just passing the ball, last year Derek Carr threw for the most yards he's ever thrown for in his entire career. So I mean, as you're trying to write Derek Carr, and I get it, he's not Ben Roethlisberger. And I think after they traded Cooper, especially last year. He really just did not throw a lot of touchdowns. It was hard yeah. for him to score touchdowns. So I understand that point, Mike, and I get that. But he's never – and Brown is a much different type of receiver than Amari Cooper. Um, you know, and he's mm. somebody that he – he's, he's, as most of these cornerbacks say, he's like one of the – he's the hardest guy to cover. Yeah. You know, he's – and in his, his career, when it just comes to the last – and I know so I know it's, it's Ben Roethlisberger, Mike, but you're talking about uh, 1,500, 1,700, 1,800, 1,300, 1,500, 1,300 yards – you know, 15 touchdowns, 12 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns. So that's somebody that he's so prodi- – his stats are so absolutely prodigious, the level they're at. Oh, when he yeah. was with the Steelers, say he has a 30% cut in production, which say I throw that and I give that to you, he's still going to be ranked in the top 15 in receiver. So I don't – he's not going to be someone that's going to fall off the map, but I think he's someone that's still going to be pretty good. Right. Okay, well, that's kind of how I look. When it comes to bust for me, my main bust is the same one as the book. It's someone that's always ranked high and I never know why, and that's Sammy Watkins because it makes no sense, right, yeah. guys? 
Um, and Sammy Watkins' career, he's had one year with a thousand yards his whole career, and in the last three years, he's, he can't stay on, either can't stay on the field or can't produce when he is on the field. So, I, but I won't go through that one again. Um, one one guy that I see a lot as a lot of people's breakout guy, or someone they think is going to be really good this year, who's a young receiver, who I think is going to be a bust, is DJ Moore from Carolina. Wow, because, what? And one of the main reasons why Bennett, you kill Bennett's soul if you said that to Bennett. That's his that's his pride and joy, man. Well, this is what I'm, I'm going to throw at you is like Steve Smith had Steve Smith had a couple good years with Cam. Don't get me wrong. But Cam Newton is not someone that one for throws throws for a lot of yards every year. Right. Right. So when we're talking about just yardage, um, like Doc was talking about before, if you have a, if you have a quarterback that's going to throw over five thousand yards, then guess what? That quarterback's going to have a lot of receivers on that team that have a lot of yards, right? Yep. So last year Cam threw for thirty four hundred yards. Yeah. You know, the year before that he threw for thirty three hundred. The year before that he threw for thirty five hundred. Now he's going to run the ball a lot. Right. But we're talking about we're talking about a receiver. I'm not talking about him running. I'm not talking about Cam and fantasy football. I'm talking about Cam Newton and. Um, just passing game fantasy football. So right. he's somebody that, besides his MVP year, remove that. Cam's never had more than 24 touchdowns in a year. Yeah. Joe Flacco's had more than that in a year. So when we're talking about not, he doesn't throw for that many touchdowns and doesn't throw for that many yards. Right. So for for for, for uh, I'm not, I'm not I'm not I'm just using stats. I'm not, I'm not being yeah, yeah, no, and you're right. No, you're making good points. That's you're why I think Moore had a good year last year and. I could be completely wrong, but I see a lot of places have him as a breakout where I have him ranked way higher than I think he should be ranked because I haven't seen in a long time any receiver make a difference on the Panthers in forever. You know, and another guy, dude, I have ranked um, kind of low, and I think I don't know how he's ranked in the late twenties. Is Boyd from Cincinnati, Tyler Boyd? Because last year when uh, AJ Green wasn't playing, he did nothing. When AJ Green did play, he had some okay games. But Andy Dalton is not somebody that's going to support two receivers no. that are both going to be really good. He's never done that his entire career. One year with Sanu and Green, they both were in the top third. That's one time. So right. when it comes to Andy Dalton, he's not a quarterback that's good enough to support two receivers and them both be good. And A.J. Green's a million times better than Tyler Boyd. He's a tremendous oh, receiver like Doc got to before. When he's, when he's been healthy when he's been healthy for the whole season, A.J. Green's always in the top ten in, in stats. And he's the reason. he's Tyler Boyd's success is kind of related to A.J. Green playing. He's not someone that was able to do anything on his own when he didn't play. For instance, the last week of the season last year when Antonio Brown didn't play, Juju Smith-Schuster still killed him. So some receivers are a number one. They're just There's a guy in front of them, right? right. That's not the case well, with Tyler Boyd. He can't step up to be that WR1. He needs somebody else. He's a, he's a, he's a great WR2. You know, he's, he's actually, like, very productive if there's another top receiver there because he's just, for whatever reason, uh, can't handle it when he's put in that position. You know, against whatever the scheme you know, that he's facing. It's not, you know, not him as a player, just him in that situation is not good. You know, he needs A.J. Green or some other player of that caliber with him to be productive. Yeah, somebody to play off of. Alright everybody, that was another amazing edition of the Easy Being Green podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. The Wide Receiver Fantasy Football Show is in the books. We're going to get to running backs next time. Who knows? Senor might join us. He might not join us. It was a bad connection today. We couldn't get through to him. I want to thank the doc for joining us. Thank the Wookiee for being here always. Mike, if anybody wants to support us, get at us, listen to us, Tweet at us in any way, shape, or form. Contact the AEBG World. How do they do that? Well, they can find us on the Elite Sports Radio Network, SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com, 
You can follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. That's how it's done. You heard the man right there, guys. On behalf of my colleague Michael Lagaris down there in Texas, the doctor of fantasy football, Andrew McKeel, my buddy, the big stinking Wookiee, the majestic beast, Nicholas Cronk, my name is Keith Farrell. Get at you next week. Peace out. Are you ready? The New York Jets will beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Are very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be the sucks. I want a number leaver.